Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Forward Pressing, episode 86. You got Kevin over here, I got Yanis with me. We are both your co-hosts. How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. Hey, just a word of advice for anybody. If someone tells you to start a podcast at 7 in the morning on a Sunday morning, on a 7 in the morning on a Sunday, don't believe him. <laughs> you mean yourself? He's talking about himself. It's a word of, yeah, it's a word to myself. It's a word to myself in the future. This is a word we we've tried to do this before. Where where I'm my time zone is I'm Eastern time, so Yanis is two hours behind me. So if it's like seven a.m. for him, it's nine a.m. for me. We've tried to record early in the past, and this man has just not woken up. So this Bro, this, this <laughs> ah. let me defend myself. Let me defend myself today. Right. This one was the closest one. It was seven thirty. I know, but half of that I'm was a long it. time. Yeah, it doesn't make it any better. I saw your message. I was like, "Oh, screw, screw it! Ah, I messed up again." Damn. Well, because the United game was at ten, and we wanted to record before the United game. Well, not like doesn't have to be before. We could have recorded after, but we decided, okay, let's do it early. And I was just like, "You're sure? You want to do it early? You're sure?" Because last time you didn't show up, you were like, "I'm sure, I'm sure. If I don't show up, I'll give you some money." And then, lo and behold, I wake up nine a.m., ready to go. And no word from this man. Nine ten shows up. No word from this man. I'm like, all right, this man's not waking up. I'm going back to bed. I'm gonna wake up for the United game. Did I message I don't know. I, I I woke up like like ten minutes before the game, and I checked my phone. And I saw you texting me. I was like, bruh, bruh. My fault. My fault, bruh. My fault. <laughs> it's all good though. Now we got some uh, some good games to talk about though. Um, since this is after United, the United game, we can talk about that a little bit. But I mean, in the the prem was wild this week, uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, because we've seen like good runs of form, wild results. Um, I mean, Liverpool, we're gonna have to talk about that. Some Chelsea are are getting some good points. United, kind of like feel like you can't catch a break a little bit, a little bit of uh, bad luck, I guess you could say, quote unquote, not exactly luck, but I mean, I I want to talk about Casemiro later because he's He's a topic in itself, but yeah, we'll talk about some, uh, maybe some manager drama, some Champions League. We'll see how it goes. Bro, you want to start with, uh, you want to start with Liverpool? We start with Liverpool? Yeah. I mean, listen, Liverpool, they were like, they were winning a couple games in a row. We're like, oh, are they still in the top four race kind of thing? Like, oh, they were like mid table for the whole season. Now they're like kind of closing in on top four. Um. I mean, they have a really good result against United, 7-0. I mean, that was just complete collapse, an abomination of performance. How did that feel? It didn't feel too good, let me tell you. I um, gave you enough time to grieve. I was like, I'm not going to text him right after because I know how he feels, so I'm going to give him a couple hours. And then I was like, all right, how do you feel now? I mean, listen, I don't feel great. It wasn't great um, because, I mean, obviously they're one of our biggest rivals. Um, the way the way we lost is the most disappointing part. It kind of felt like the whole team gave up after a couple of goals, and it was just kind of like piling on at that point. Yeah. Um, we knew it was going to be difficult at Anfield. Um, Liverpool had been had been hot, um, so like I wasn't. I think we should have like won the game, but the way we lost is just that's the most mind blowing thing. Um, but then Liverpool, the next game, go out and lose to Bournemouth who are fighting relegation. So, like, that's the prem for you. And if 
any doubt of like Liverpool being like top four, like surefire top four uh, contenders again. You kind of just put that into question, being like, oh yeah, they can beat Man United seven zero, but then they can't beat Bournemouth. So um, it really puts things into perspective. I don't really know how you can feel about them, like what you're, like what you can have on, like what kind of take you can have on them. They're inconsistent. They have a lot of talent for sure. We haven't really seen it this season, like be held over like a lot of games in a row. Um, so I just want to hear your thoughts. What do you think? Well, I think the word inconsistent is probably the best way to describe their season so far. Um, there's been games like the United games where they look like they're the best team in the league and they can't be stopped. And then you see the Bournemouth game and it just collapses on them. Uh, players just don't work. Obviously, the PK miss of Salah doesn't help. But like overall, the team just... I think the team, the team needed like reinforcements. But now like I think it, this season like definitely proves it. It confirms it. In midfield, I feel I think the the Fabinho's of the world, the Andersons of the world, like they're I mean no not that they're not like Liverpool worthy players, but they shouldn't be the starters. And I think hopefully by the summer club has enough like I guess he's gonna get money, hopefully. I'm sure he's gonna get money, but there needs to be some changes in that midfield. I think that's where the main the main issues are because mid the, the I think the main strength of Liverpool in the back in the day, well the all Liverpool was how strong the midfield was under pressure, and also how that midfield was covering the their the back four. Because Van Dijk looked a bit exposed many times this season, and he didn't really look Van good Dijk because is so he... overrated recently. Yeah, so but I feel like it's he's because clinging, he's clinging on to that reputation he got from like that one like really good season he had, where people were like, "This is the best defender in the world," and then like every year after that, he's been like mediocre. But people are still clinging on to like that ceiling he hit once upon a time. I still think he's top five. Top five center backs in the world? I'd I'd say oh, yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. Or at least top ten. Or top eight if you want. Top eight. I don't think there's eight there's more than eight center backs better than him. I'm sure there is. I mean I would have we'd have to be a list and I mean we don't want to take too long, but I can if we, that might be a topic for the future. I think like both United the center backs over him right now. Both of them? I think Martinez and Varane ahead of him for sure. Okay, fair. I would definitely take Gabriel and Saliba ahead of him. That's, that's just okay. two. That's, that's four already from the Prem. And we're not even talking yeah. about like the rest of Europe. So I don't know about the two United ones. I don't know which one I like. I think Martinez has, been, has done great. Varane as well. I don't know if they're both better than. I think it, the thing is too like for a center back, it's kind of hard to like judge them like individually because obviously there's they're they're in a pair, right? So. I think Van Dijk is one of those center backs where we usually never talk about his partner because that's been changing as well. That might be a factor to consider as well. That is true, actually. So just like you mentioned, what did you just, you just mentioned United, you just mentioned Varane and Martinez together, and I just mentioned Saliba and Gabriel together. It's obviously their pairs, so it's easier to kind of like compare them that way. Because if you were to compare them with like Van Dijk and Konate, like by far, obviously. They're better than Van Dijk and Konate this season. Like last season, they were it was Van Dijk and Matty for the most part, and they were probably the best ones as well. So, I'm talking about this season. I'm talking about right now. Like yeah, right now they don't look good. It doesn't look no. good. Um, yeah. but yeah, like, do you think they're competing for top four rest of the season or not? I think they'll compete. I don't think they'll make it though. You don't think they'll make it? I think I think, it, I think if you would have asked people after that. United game would have been like 99% chance they're making it. And then Bournemouth happens and you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, 
I just think that there's too many inconsistencies. Maybe the maybe if they get, I mean, I'm not expecting him to bid Madrid, but if they did bounce one out of the Champions League, like I think it's it'll it'll probably happen. Maybe it changes a bit, and like they'll probably focus more on the Prem, which at that point, like you you have really no other options but to fight for top four. But as as far as like as I'm concerned, I don't think they'll make. I think they'll come just short. It's tough because if they if they overtake one, it's gonna be Newcastle, right? Yes, and Newcastle has been kind of on and off right now too. Like they don't yeah. they don't lose a lot of games. But I think the last game I think they drew against the uh, I can't remember who they played, but it was a draw if I remember correctly. Oh no, it was a win. It was a win. It was their first win in a while actually. It was their first win in a while, so you can tell that they're also sort of in the back on the form. But now they just started winning again, so. We'll have to see what happens, but I think those two are fighting definitely for top four. I think Newcastle. I don't know if Newcastle makes it too, but I mean, now it's that Chelsea's back, yeah, it'll be one of those. And then you can't forget Chelsea because now they're sort of back in the running form as well. So that's that's a that's one the one you, to consider you as take well. Chelsea over uh, over Liverpool. I don't know if I would take Chelsea. Over, I mean, it's tough. Chelsea it's, is five I, points behind Liverpool. Five points is not that big of a gap considering how Liverpool especially and Chelsea have been playing lately like you can catch them in two weeks basically um the for but for top four that's tough I don't know I don't even know what my top four would look like right now because right now it's it's Arsenal Man City United Spurs Newcastle Liverpool so Liverpool are sixth right now um I feel like Spurs are kind of like the Spurs have played the most games out of the four five six yeah, like they have two games over over Newcastle and and one game over Liverpool. But I kind of feel like Spurs are gonna bow out. Um, we're I don't think we had them on the dock to talk about today, but like, um, we'll talk about Harry Kane a little bit. But I don't think I don't have that much confidence in Spurs uh, moving forward. Mm. Um, Newcastle is kind of spicy though because like I don't think anybody expected them to to be already competing for top four this season. Yeah. Um, but they've shown they can do it. And they have a really good defense. The thing is, they don't score crazy amount of goals. So when they do concede, they're they're not always getting three points. Um, so that's the thing. I feel like Liverpool probably has the best chance of of making that top four. Actually, I feel like right now, if you had to make me choose, I'd feel like I'd take them finishing fourth, and then maybe Spurs Spurs fifth, and then Newcastle sixth. But that's that kind of feels spicy. So yes, they on Brighton sure. too. Yeah, for sure. Brighton, uh, Brighton are in there, and they have a lot of games in hand too. So, um, they just gotta win those games, and and we've seen them like, um, Mitama has been like insane this season, and we're seeing McAllister play in a ten, uh, and he's been like really good as a ten because he usually plays more of a six. Um, I'd say but, I'd say eight as well. Yeah, but with recent injuries, he's had to play more uh, attacking, and I mean it's worked out. He's been like really good and. Slowly, March is also having like a crazy season too. Yeah, so that's true. I feel like that else. that midfield trio has been like really, really, really like. I feel like people that watch the game know they've been really good, but I feel like they're flying under the radar, under the radar still. And like that trio is really good. They're well coached. Um, I feel like their defense is the big issue, and like their goalkeeping. Like we saw Sanchez, who was like who's been a starter for three years. He literally got benched last game for for Steel, um, out of nowhere. So I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot them. So I, I saw the I saw the lineup and I was like, that's not that's not Sanchez in that. Yeah, and it's like the first time in three years that he doesn't start a game, kind of thing. Like it's been he's been the starter. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's their weakest 
point right now. Probably their center backs and 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 uh, goalkeeping. So they concede goals, but they have they're like always a threat to score a goal, and they have players that can create ch- those chances on their own. So um, they're like a really fun team to watch, and I feel like they have a really good uh, run of fixtures coming up. So like they could get some points. Like they play Palace next, who they can beat. Then they play Brentford, Bournemouth, and then against Spurs, I would take them to get points there. Chelsea, they could get points there. City will be tough, but they could get points there. Like I don't, I don't feel like they're un, like huge underdogs against any team in the league right now. So yeah, they're they're all winnable games. They're also all losable too. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of like the the double edged sword there with Brighton. But they're a fun team. They're a fun team. We shouldn't discount them. You wanted to talk about Casemiro. I'm surprised. I'm curious to see what you, you want to talk about Casemiro. I mean, I know, obviously the red card, but... Yeah, the red card is the big thing, right? Because he gets a red card and he's banned for another four games. And if you look at like Casemiro, for the last 10 games of the league, he, he's missed most of them with suspension. And at that point, um, like I saw Elias talk about it, and like you got to be held accountable for that. Uh, you kind of become a liability there because he's so important to the success of the team in that midfield. Um, like with him in and out of the lineup, our play is like drastically different, and the fact that he's missing so many games is is like a detriment to the team. Um, and there's not not really much you can do about it besides like be angry with him and hope for for better moving forward. But like he's gonna be missing the next four games, um, with suspension. And I mean the red card was kind of unlucky. He tackled the ball with the studs, and the ball like he hit the ball, and his foot with the momentum rolled over the ball and he hit um he hit the opposing player in the shin pad which obviously ends up being a dangerous tackle but it was kind of unlucky because obviously he went for the ball and got the ball um so it's unlucky but it is a lot of that ball i'll tell you that i mean did you see the we got full ball he got a lot of that on the top half of the ball so his foot rolled up i love the ankle too i'm not gonna lie to you that was a high one it was high because it rolled over the ball. I don't know. Anyways, it was he got a red for that, and he's gonna miss the next couple of games. Um, so I don't know. It's gonna be tough for United to get like three points every every one of those games, especially with some difficult fixtures coming up. Um, but I kind of feel like the coach has to do something about it because he can't be missing this much time. Um, when he's so important to the team, right? So. Uh, he's kind of just like you're between a rock and a hard place because we need him, but he's not really helping us right now. Yeah. Oh, yes, by the way. Yeah, mentioned my guy, good content creator. Um, New, I see Newcastle, Brentford, Everton, Everton, and Forest. No, not even Forest. Yeah, I mean, Newcastle's like a tough one. Brentford is a tough one. Everton and Forest are winnable, but they're also tough. Yeah, I mean Everton can win any game, especially with uh Sean Dykes. New, yeah, with new coaching, like they're they're much more stout defensively, so they're not as easy as they were in the beginning of the season. Would you say that Mar- Casemiro is probably like the best? Because you know, there's that newcomer of the year award, basically for the first year Premier League players and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I would say he's probably the best one. I would say so, especially the impact Let's he's had on the yes. game, and like he's even contributing offensively as well, which was not, which is like surprising. Um, but I mean, he's been integral to the success of our team this season. So, um, and you can see the results when he's in and out of the lineup are are different. 
Yeah, when he's when he's in, you can tell there's a def, there's definitely there's definitely a presence in the midfield. You yeah. can tell the 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 child because he's so good at winning the ball and starting those counters or like essentially being that rock in the midfield that you always need. And yeah. he's a I mean he's a re, he's a reference at this position as as a six. He's probably one of the best six in the world. He was the best six in the world yeah. for the long the past how, how many years in Madrid. But he's still so he's still still is up there, but. Yeah, when you when you miss him, when he's not there, it's a massive hole that I don't think Matomini can fill by his on his own. I don't think Fred can fill on his own. So you need you definitely need to have him there as much as you can. If he, I mean, your best, I, get, I think they say that in football a lot. Uh, the your best ability is your availability. Like as yeah. good a player as he is, like if he's not playing, like it's it becomes a problem for the team. Like every every great game that United has, I think the last I think I, I saw the the FA Cup. The midfield was always good, and usually it was because of Casemiro. Yep, exactly. Actually, um, I actually played that game, but I hope I'm right on that. I do want to mention um, Arsenal, right? Because you guys are like back in form, winning games again after uh, kind of being a little bit shaky um, after that Man City result and and uh, a couple of results around that game. Um, that Bournemouth game, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of feels like you guys are back in the driver's seat and like you know your destiny's in your hands right like yeah. as long as you guys don't uh choke it, it you guys will have the league which is crazy i know right it's, it's crazy to think at this point in the season we're actually this close to potentially winning it but it's also a result block. of yeah, it's also a result of the good work that's been done since since the since match day one essentially like we've we've kept it consistent we obviously had our big, our big some issues with with the cities of the world and the United of the worlds here and there, but for the most part, I'm pretty happy for what this, how the season has been going so far. I think all the players, all our players have gone, have had good performances at times. Uh, Saka has been one of my favorite wingers. I think Martinelli is coming one of the best wingers as well. Odegaard has been probably one of my favorite, probably my best player of the season so far, just for how much he means for the team. And his influence as a number ten, um, kind of tell. It's kind of ask you a question of like, like how does Madrid let a player like that go? I mean, I mean, it says more about the quality of Madrid, but it does because Madrid were still winning even after he left. They won Champions yeah. League, so it's kind of yeah. like they just didn't have room for him. It was just unfortunate timing. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm, hey, I'm not. I don't mind it at all. It was a great. It's a great pickup. Uh, I think for me specifically, defensively as well. That's where I was the most impressed. Gabriel, I, I think I didn't see Gabriel and Saliba as my like the partnership that would like be our best ones. I guess I had maybe Ben White in there, Tomiyasu as an option. I didn't think they were gonna be fullbacks, to be honest with you, but they're doing great at right backs and left backs sometimes. So um, overall, I think Arteta has done a great job, and I, so we can't, we just keep gotta keep going. It's, I mean, we're this close to the end of the the lead, the season right now. Um, I, I'm looking at the next few results like Crystal Palace, Leeds. Liverpool, West Ham, all winnable games. And until that match day 33 against C, April 26th, which will probably be one of the biggest games of the season, probably the biggest game of the season, if you ask me. Um, that's We got to make sure that we're consistent in getting those th- three points until then. Because we can afford, I think we can afford one loss, if, I'm, if my math is correct. Um, my math I is think, great. I think you can. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, Trossard because, I mean, oh, yeah, after, you guys, right. after you guys signed him, he's been coming on as a, like a kind of like a super sub for Martinelli pretty much. 
um, around the 60, 70th minute mark. Then he's kind of started his couple of games. And now both Martinelli and Trossard are kind of starting sometimes. Like Trossard, we're seeing him play up top a little bit. Uh, and Kitch is a little bit out of form. We're seeing Gabriel Jesus kind of get ready to come back. Um, but he's been like really good. And I feel like he's been involved in like almost all your goals recently. I feel like every yeah, time I look at the stat sheet, he's... Yeah. I feel like every, yeah, exactly. I feel like every time I look at the stat sheet, he's either assisting or scoring. So um, yeah, I feel right. like he he was like the perfect kind of like depth rotational piece to add to your to your front uh, your front attackers because I feel like he can slot in. He's so versatile and he's like feels like perfect fit for this Arteta system. What you just mentioned the versatility. I think that's his biggest asset for us, especially because and Ketcha being the, the form that he was at the time, like you, you can't. I would say the form is gonna drop out at one point, so you sort of have to have another option there. That's why I really like the signing because of how obviously he's he, he's played mostly as a winger for for Brighton, but he he's also shown that he can do the work up top as a nine. So he's been efficient and productive since I've seen, since he's been here and well since he's been with the club. So I can't complain. I think it was a great signing. Obviously, people are talking about like, yeah, we should have got Mudrik, should have got Mudrik. It is what it is. We moved on, and I think we got we got a good deal on Trossard, and he's he's delivering it. He's delivering. So, no, nah, I can't complain, man. That's been a he's doing great, great. I think it's been a great great addition, and Arteta, good business from Arsenal too. Yep, Arteta, Edu got to get their credits. I mean, we listen. We mentioned Spurs earlier a little bit. Um, do you think Pochettino's back? It's a rumor, but I don't know. I mean, I I think they're, they're surely the getting another. They're surely getting another manager, right? Uh, well, I mean, Conte never said like he's out. We can't really. I mean, every time I wouldn't be surprised. Manager, I wouldn't says, be surprised. Like I'm under contract. I'm under contract. Like I want to finish my contract type of thing. But I mean, they had a disaster in the in the in the Champions League. Um, yeah, that second game, that second leg, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't be surprised if he left. I just don't see. I mean, until it's, it's confirmed, you can't really talk about it. But there's been rumors about Pochettino. I don't know if Pochettino is the right guy for Spurs at this point. But I don't know. But I mean, who else is there? Let really? me ask you. Let me ask you. Do you think Pochettino would go back, first of all? I think he would go back, yeah. Yeah? Or do you think, you know, he, he did his time at Spurs and he kind of wants a different thing? I don't think Pochettino would want to go back. I think he was so frustrated with how um, the owner was most of the time and, and the frustrations there. I don't think, I, I think he knows that that's something that's not going to change. Um, and I don't think he would, I don't think he wants to deal with that again. Like it kind of feels like he, he's already moved on and he should tackle a different project um, than go back to Spurs. Especially because the Harry Kane era is probably coming to an end because I do not see Harry Kane staying there after this season. And if he does, he's ending his career there and it's not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be those questions of like, if 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 Kane stays, there's always be questions about like, oh, well, you're a great scorer, but you never won anything, and that's, that's the memes that's are just, are forever. He's got yeah, a pull of Van Persie. He's got a pull of Van Persie. I've never I've never been a fan of the pulling Van Persie move, but I do agree with you on that one. Uh, I don't know if United is the option because obviously there's. I mean, I don't know about. I'm not saying United specifically, but I mean, I think Van Persie was one of the best strikers in the league, but didn't have a trophy to his name um so i mean no prem right so and he's been in the prem for so long kane that i feel like he just needs a move away where somewhere he can actually compete at the top and like get something to his name because i feel like he wants it and i feel like he there's he deserves it and it would be really sad if he just stays at spurs and kind of like wallows away scoring goals that are meaningless pretty much 
Yeah, I mean, and the the Pochettino angle as well. I thought about it at first. Like, I, I thought it was an incentive for Kane to stay. But when you think about it, Pochettino doesn't guarantee anything in terms of, like, trophies, obviously. It's going to be a question of who else is brought in with Pochettino. Who does he sign and stuff? And that's still, those are a lot of question marks that I don't know if he can answer right away. And even if he does answer it, it doesn't guarantee a trophy at all. So you are, I think you are right in the case of Kane, like, I mean, Sun too. To me, Sun should should have left last last season, but obviously, with they the, can't uh, lose the, both in the same season. Yeah, and and um, Levy is not gonna let them go for like he he would probably, it would probably take an overpay to let them go. That's the thing. So nobody kind of wants to deal with him. That's the issue. I think considering the season that Sun has right now, it'd be easier for him to leave than Kane because he hasn't been as good. Not just because he hasn't been as good, but also I think his value... He's a bit... He's a little older, so his value wouldn't be as high as Kane. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you're right. He has underperformed this season, even though I think he scored this... He scored this... No, he did score this weekend, and he's sort he of getting back into some sort of good form. But... I if, love Son, and I don't even... I don't see him as an aging asset either. I, I feel like he, he's still... Like, I think he's got to be, like, 30 now, right? Um, yes, I believe so. Yeah, at least this. I think it'll be, he's twenty nine, but he'll be thirty by next season. But I don't treat him as like a thirty year old. That's kind of like nearing the end of of their kind of like um, prime. Um, the thing is, like, you remember he started the season with the 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 mask on, and that was like detrimental to his play. Like he said, he was not comfortable playing with the mask on. He felt like out of form completely like he was having difficulty with controls and like seeing the game properly and ever since he took the mask off mask off um he's been kind of like slowly getting back into form and the player we know so i feel like if a team ends up getting him at the end of the season like with this like buy low opportunity i feel like that's like a steal i feel like he'll thrive i could see him in like in a byron system being like amazing i could see him in like a man city system being amazing um i don't know where he would go i kind of feel like the bundesliga would be great um, but I don't see him going to the, anywhere else in the Bundesliga besides Bayern. So that's probably not maybe uh, what they're looking for right now. But if he goes and Kane goes, I mean, Spurs are going to have cash to spend, obviously. Will they spend it? Who knows? With a new manager, maybe. Um, but I think Kane I think Kane goes and he goes to a place where he wins something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I heard, I heard Bayern on Kane. I tell, for Kane, I think that's unrealistic. That's not Bayern. Nah, no that, kind of, that kind of money. That's not Bayern. That's not Bayern. Yeah, and, like, and they still have Lewandowski. Yeah. They still have Lewandowski, even though he's been even though he's been injured for a while. But Shupo Shupo has been holding up the fort up, up front for them. A couple Wait, key goals. No, they don't have Lewandowski. I'm an idiot. Oh yeah, you're right. He's a bro. Yeah. <laughs> I I just yeah. saw a picture of Lewandowski in um in the in like Barcelona the. Jersey? Not the Barca jersey, but it, in um in the Bayern jersey. So uh, oh, it was right, a top yeah. mind. How did I not catch that? Yeah, it's uh they definitely could use an option out top. I mean, Son and Bayern could be interesting because he obviously can play up top. Um, and I think Ken is more unrealistic. I don't know if Bayern. I think, like, I think Kane stays in the Prem. That's what I think. But the thing I is, think, like, he can't go to City anymore because Holland's there. Yeah. Um, but I can see like Chelsea kind of probably in- being interested. I can see United obviously being interested. That's the biggest link, I think. Whether it's Kane or anybody, Chelsea's going to sign a striker regardless. That's for sure. Yep. That's like the last piece of the missing puzzle. Even though Fofana's there, I don't know if he's there. He's ready to lead as a, num- as a number one, I mean, as a primary striker yet. I saw United linked to Kane. I saw United linked to um, Osimhen. 
So, um, I think either of them would be great options for United. We need a striker. We're playing Rashford at the top sometimes, and we're playing Weghorst as a 10, with like Bruno on the wing. Like, but when Rashford plays on the wing, we play Weghorst at top, and like, he's like a fun loan signing, but he is just, he's not the future. And he's not, even right now, he's not really the best. Um, he's no, definitely the, the, the weakest link of our, of our lineup. Exactly, but kind of have no choice. But, yeah. But I think re- recently, recently we've been seeing. I mean, because Casemiro's not even playing in the middle anymore because he's suspended. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, Gonzalo Ramos from Benfica? He's I mean, he's been move. he's been linked as well too. I feel like he's going to get a move, or he may get the 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 Jonathan David treatment where you kind of always feel like he's due for a move, but ends up staying one more season, one more season type of thing. Kind of feel like Jonathan Davis' time is probably coming, finally. True. Maybe. Well, I mean, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about him in a few, in a few minutes yeah. here. But yeah, I think. Well, you want to talk about him right now, actually? Yeah, we can talk about Toronto. him right now. Run it, yeah. Jonathan David, second little all-time goal scorer behind Hazard. I think fifty-three in one twenty-five games. So fifty-three goals in one hundred twenty-five games. Currently, league as top scorer. He's due for. I think it's a good. I think it was actually a good thing that he stayed for another season. Just to confirm what the what the rumors people maybe don't really buy into uh, the first uh, the first couple good years. I mean, he's Canadian, right? And I feel like there's not really many like top Canadian players. It's like Davies that made it on the world scale. So maybe I can yeah. see how people could be kind of like skeptical a little bit. But I feel like at this point, you got to know. I mean, he's also only been there for what? This is his second or third season with. I thought it was his third uh, season. I believe it might be his third or second. I can can't remember exactly. Because he he won the league the first year. Yeah, then, so his third season. Yeah, this is his third year. His third year, nineteen goals yeah. for it. He's been consistent for last for all three years. He's it's going. It's only gone upwards. 13, 15, 19. Yeah, I think he's ready. I just don't know if the prem is the next is the right move right now. Then where? I was. I've heard um, people talk about the Bundesliga, maybe a Leipzig. I'd love Bundesliga for him. I mean, we're talking about we talked about Bayern. Bayern could just not a striker. If uh, Osimhen moves, he could go to Napoli. Well, yeah, that's. I the think is with Osimhen is like because I I doubt that Napoli because I don't even know they're similar type of strikers. Like, it, it, would it would it work? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if David Napoli would work. Sounds interesting. I do feel like a Leipzig might be better because you know you're going to get chances at least. Yeah. We'll see. I think he moves. I feel like this summer is going to be super interesting because I feel like a lot of teams are kind of like getting ready to kind of like bolster up again. And I feel like yeah. there's a lot of talent out there ready to move. Yeah. he's And he's going to end up with like 20 plus goals this season. And at yeah, that point, yeah. A very common only, type of player. <laughs> yeah. It's only a matter of like how much... Do, does a little charge for him, I guess you could ask. Because he's probably... I don't think he's a $100 million player. And, I mean, Lil will put the, the Lil will put his price how they want it, but... I think he's probably like a 50 to 60 type of player. Yeah, that sounds realistic. Yeah, 50 to 60. Because for, for, you know you're getting goals with him, at least. Yeah. Here, let me bring let me, let me bring up a team that will kind of like transition us to, into our next topic. Do you think he could go to PSG if PSG move on from a couple of players? I mean, rumors that Mbappe could be on the move. Messi, maybe. We don't know. They could need talent up uh, up top. I do you think you see David as a 
I want David to leave. As a kind of potential option there. I want David to leave friends. You want him to leave friends? I don't want it to be the same. I mean, Lil was great for him. I would love him to leave friends, but kind of feels like PSG kind of feels like separate from France because it's the top that you can get there, and you know that they're one of the best teams in Europe. The thing is, we don't know is PSG like is are they no, blowing it up? You is know what they're gonna look like next year. Are they gonna blow it up? Is that it? Like, I mean, I don't know if it's a blow up, but there's definitely needs to be a reset. That's for sure. There's been I, I I think Neymar wants to be there. I don't know what Messi wants, and I don't I think Mbappe wants his Madrid move. I feel like he's he's regretting not going there last season. Yeah, well, he still has one more season on his contract, I think. So, apparently Madrid is waiting for 2024 to go for him in the summer of 2024. Messi, I don't know. I don't know what Messi wants to do really right now. At this point, like Messi really doesn't have anything to do really. He's done what he has to do. So, wherever he goes, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm just, I'd be surprised if he leaves, to be honest. I think he still has maybe one more season in him. But... I think Whatever he has as many he wants, to be honest. It's just kind of like where he wants to play and what he wants to do. Yeah. I I, I don't think Barca... I mean, Barca says they want Messi back. I don't think that's realistic for the Barca. Every week, there's a new like financial issue with Barcelona. So, I don't know if they can actually afford yeah. him again. Then Neymar is a tricky one because he says he wants to leave. He said he I wants to stay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. he said no. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's me, that's me. He wants to stay. But I feel like it's, out of the three, he's the most like... Not that you gotta. Not that he's like the most sellable because obviously that's Mbappe, but he's real. When Messi, when Messi and Mbappe play together, it looked good. When you have Neymar, it's not. I don't know. It doesn't. He does what he has to do. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like if you're gonna get rid of one of the three, you're gonna get rid of Neymar because obviously the main issue with Neymar that I realized is like durability. Kind of like we mentioned with Casemiro not being there. He's not there too, but he's also he's also injured very too off too often, and that might be a problem for a lot of teams, and that's why they might not go for him. Like you imagine, yeah. I mentioned Chelsea earlier. Like, do you imagine if Chelsea were to go for Neymar and in that in the physicality that the Prem has? Not saying that Ligue 1 has doesn't have any physicality, but you can tell how broken he was in Ligue 1, and now you you would bring him to the Prem. That wouldn't get any better. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do next season. I think I'm most interested because, I mean, especially like Champions League out in round of 16 this year. Um, without scoring a goal, uh, they got kind of embarrassed by Bayern Munich. So, like, you kind of feel like it's run its course here and it's time to go in a different direction. But I don't know if they'll see it the same way. Like, they're contenders every year. The thing is, it kind of gets depressing where your Champions League season ends so early and they basically have nothing to play for the rest of the season because they don't care about the league. They're going to win it. They don't care about the league. It doesn't mean anything to them. For them, it's every year it's the Champions League, and the fact that they're not in it um, this early, um, I feel that's a really big issue. I feel the coach is probably gone. Um, it's just, I feel like the whole team's motivation is low, and they need something to change it up. Sometimes, because you mentioned Bayern, I feel like this is really just me, me going off feelings here. If hmm. if PSG was ran sort of like how Bayern is ran, they would be much better. If all teams I, were run how Bayern was run, they would be much no, better. I mean, what I mean by that Bayern is the, the, the pinnacle of it. But Bayern, like, you look at what Bayern does. They buy every best player from in their league and just, just, they just make a team with those players. Yeah, because they know that if, the, those players are used to the league and will have success there. And it kind of also ruins the competition in your own league. 
It does, but at the same time, you also compete. I guess they compete better in the Champions League. I don't know. I've never seen Bayern not do that, so really, you can't really say anything. But PSG doesn't really sign French players, the best French players like that. No, I mean, because you're a wannabe Galacticos. That's what they are. Yeah. And they have, like, not... on paper, some, like, probably one of the most talented teams in the world. Yeah, but obviously, yeah, it, it hasn't worked. It's, it's, been, for, it's exactly. been how long? It hasn't worked, right? So, players like Saliba and Fofana, for them to leave and not even getting a look from PSG is some, is probably, like, it's, it's it's odd to me. Um, there's, I mean, I can name you. Every French player that plays abroad in their, as a starter for any Champions League team, you could ask the question, why aren't PSG interested or trying to buy them? Like, I know he's not French, but Mares has French yeah. uh, link with Paris and everything. Obviously, Algerian, Algerian national, but he was born in France. Why is he not a PSG at this point? I mean, is this, is this you saying you want Jonathan David to go to PSG? It's not me saying Jonathan, I want to see Jonathan David. I mean, yeah, although it kind of makes that argument because I just said like the best French. Yeah. <laughs> he's, well, he's not French. He's Canadian. Although no, he's but like a, you would think like a Paul Pogba would be perfect for them. Not now. He's not even not now. Too. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't played a game since United sold him. By the way, he played one. He played one last week and then he got hurt again. Well, he got hurt again. Oh, yeah. man, man. I I love Pogba. He's still one of my favorite players, but it's tough. It's tough. Like uh, uh, Kingsley, come on, right? Obviously, he's yeah. he's in the he's I mean, in he the was academy. There. He was there, but then you there's been, I, I'm pretty sure if you like put the money on, you could get him back. Why is Ganduzi, who was in the academy for a while as well? Like he's striving at Marseille, but he could have done the same thing with PSG, if I ask me. Maybe from Arsenal to PSG, not necessarily from Arsenal to to Marseille. Although I do love him in Marseille, to be honest, because I'm I'm kind of biased being me being yeah. a Marseille guy. But yeah, there I am. Uh, I mean, there's I can name you so many players that like Dembele, like Dembele at Barca. Why is he, yep. he could have been a PSG player? Yep. It, it's, there's so many where like. I get that, like, there's the there's the attraction of like the the other cha- the the other championships and stuff, but like, if you're you're Paris, you want to compete for the for the for the actual trophy, but you have the best players in your city and you don't even buy them. I mean, listen, PSG. I think they wanted to be Real Madrid. They wanted to be. I mean, they have Mbappe, and they just wanted to kind of surround him with like the biggest, most expensive players. But as you can see. Just because you buy all the best players doesn't mean it works out. I think coaching yeah, like, is probably a big issue there, though. Um, I'm not saying make a team of the all all the all fresh all stars. Like, I think I think Zidane can win the Champions League with this team. I think Zidane can win the Champions League with this team. You think this team, this currently built team? Yeah, I think. You think Zidane would do it? I think Zidane could do it. Been telling you, Zidane's not coming back to France for anything. No, he's not. Other than the I'm, first just saying, I'm just saying he would. I think he would be able to. And that's kind of just like talking to the caliber of coach that he is and working yeah. with the talent that, that he has there. So I kind of feel like they have good pieces, but I think they need a coach to be able to get the most out of them because there's just like no reason why this team shouldn't be able to compete at the highest level in the Champions League. We saw it last year. Last year was a complete collapse. Complete collapse why they didn't. Um, and that's just like a mentality thing. And I think I think somebody like Zidane would obviously fix that. But you kind of get what you want, so... Yeah, they had to win in that COVID year where they played Bayern. They had that was the one chance they had. Yeah. Now the window, like the more even older Neymar and Messi gets, the more like Mbappe wants to leave. The Lord, the the smaller the window is for them to win something. Mbappe's gonna go to fucking Madrid when when uh, Benzema retires. That's what it's gonna be. That sounds like an actual ideal scenario, really. I mean, for Imagine, Madrid, yeah. 
imagine Vinicius and Mbappe Rodrigo as your like front three? Is that is that better than uh than what PSG have now? Messi, Messi, Mbappe, Neymar. It's more like it, well, I mean, it, it's more productive. It actually has results. Yeah. The the best three ever though will forever be uh Messi, Neymar, Suarez, and Barca. To me, that's the best trio ever. But then you look at Forward what trio. Ronaldo, Bell, and Benzema did, and you're like, are they is really as the MSM really the bigger the best trio? I think so. Come on. I think. Well, I think the only. I think I they had this. more chemistry, and they obviously had the success. I would say MSN was a better trio, yes, but for the reason I think the main reason why Madrid was so successful is not just because of the BBC, but also be well, Bell, Bell, Benzema, Ronaldo, but also we because understand. of the, yeah, <laughs> but but also because of the midfield, like the Modric, Casemiro, and, and Cruz was the key yeah. factor here. I mean, obviously, that's one of the the greatest midfield trios of all time. So, is it better um, than Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets? I think so. I think those are probably the bo- the two top ones. Who's one um, though? But they're different. They're different. So that's the thing. One, they're, they're one has five Champions League. The other doesn't have. Five. I think the other one has two. Three. I I still take. I feel like the Madrid side there is more versatile, but I feel like the if you take the Barca the Barca side and you ask them to do what they want, I don't think anybody can take them. That's the thing. If if you put Yaya Tour instead of Sergio Busquets, I think I would probably lean. So. Interesting. Random, but yeah. I mean, I'm we forget. Right do you remember Yaya Toure at his peak at Man City? Man was like the best player in the world, like the best scorer in the world from midfield for like that year. It was, that was yeah, that it was, was scary. Monstrosity. That was scary, and the way he moved to he he looked like a number ten. Yeah, man, man was doing it all. He reminded me of like Pogba when Pogba was. Yeah, see, that's what I was. Just, I was just gonna say like, yeah, two is what United fans thought Pogba was gonna be. The, I mean, listen, Pogba was guys. great. He just Pogba's Pogba's uh, best player around him at the time was Fellaini. We cannot forget what a, what a disaster Man United was during that those years. We bought Pogba. We did nothing else. We did yeah, we we failed signing after failed signing. Yeah, you didn't cover him with the best pieces around him. To be fair, exactly. Um, All right, a little bit of Champions League talk. Yeah, we'll talk about the Champions League real quick, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. I mean, listen, my man's my man is over here thinks Milan is a dark horse for the Champions League. Now I told I mean, him he's getting a little bit ahead of himself. I said a little bit ahead I of put himself. It, I put a question mark there. Just don't forget to mention that. The question marks there. I think the answer is no, obviously. Really, the only thing is, I'm just happy to see Milan back to some sort of glory. Quarterfinal. They haven't been to the quarterfinal since what 2012. We're gonna see three three Serie A teams in the final eight, which you would think is like crazy. But then again, you kind of look at who they played in the round of 16. It kind of feels like they got the all of them got the easiest matchups. Besides maybe uh, Club Rouge, who played Benfica, who lost. They lost 7-1 to Benfica. That was probably the That's easiest team max. left in the round of 16. But then, like, Milan play Spurs, who Spurs have been atrocious. Napoli play, uh, was it they play Frankfurt? Yes. Um, who, it was kind of, like, a huge surprise that they were there, to be honest. That was probably the second weakest team. Um, and Inter play Porto, who we know Porto can 
and compete. But I don't think Porto is a is a big club right now. Like I feel like Porto are. I mean, I take every other team in the Champions League to beat them, besides Club Rouge and like Frankfurt. So it'll be is good luck from the Serie A teams, but I think this is a I think this tournament is a Madrid again, Madrid or Bayern or City. I can't see any other any other three teams winning. Yeah, um, I think I don't know. I don't know who Milan's gonna get in the, in the next round. We'll have to see. Uh, I, I, can the Serie A teams play each other or no? Uh, yeah, I they think can, they right? can. They, yeah, they can. Yeah, it's not it's not yeah, a stage anymore. No, I thought it was. I, I think round of sixteen they can't play each other either. No, I think it's group stage. You can't play. You can't because usually you don't have the same. I think it's only England where you can have like two teams from the same country or the same champ, uh, mm-hmm. the, the same league or the same group. But usually you, you can't play them until like the next. I think I think that after the the limit, I guess the round of sixteen you can, but it's, yeah. it's all because of the draw. I guess you could say. Exactly. Um, if I if I say that correct, if I say it incorrectly, I apologize. But um, yeah, Porto. Inter could be interesting. I think Napoli has Frankfurt in the in the bag. Hopefully, I do want Napoli to go through. Uh, you talk, you want to talk about a dark horse? That's a real dark horse right there. Napoli's a real dark horse, a legit one. Um, who else? You meant uh, Inter, Porto, uh, well, Milan plays Spurs. Well, Spurs wasn't that bad of a draw, really. They're not the Spurs, bad team. Spurs didn't do much. I mean, the second leg was terrible. They didn't do anything really to to deserve to go through, which is why like Milan eventually got the got the over upper hand. But I don't know. Like I do like the the fact that there's three Serie A teams. I think it's it's not you can't you can't really choose who you play right. You play who's in front of you. No, therefore that they're like the draw just happened. You can't really obviously you play who's in front of you, but you gotta yeah. like they they definitely. It wasn't very convincing to me that they barely scraped by against Spurs, who look really bad. True, that's that's, true. A, that's thing. a good, that's a thing. Let's end on the let's end on this though. What odds do you give Liverpool of beating Madrid down five two? Is it one percent? Is it less than one percent? Higher than one percent? I'll give them like a five percent, you know, discount. Five. Five. Yeah. Dang. Five percent. I mean, oh, at, does, at the you nonetheless. It's realistically it won't happen, but if it does happen, it's the greatest comeback in Champions League history. The thing is, we never see comebacks like this happen against Madrid. It's always with Madrid. So, well, at least they're not. And then, and then, like a one two, like the last. Remember the Barca PSG one was crazy, but that was like at Barca, and that definitely helped. Uh, this one is away. I remember, from I remember watching that game with my mom. Funny enough, like I don't watch many Champions League games with her, but it just happened that 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 day we were together and we watched. Uh, what the game and I remember seeing was it the who was it Sergio Roberto with the with the last minute yeah. equalizer? Yeah, exactly. Dang. I remember losing my mind at that. Um, I thought he was I thought he was offside. <laughs> I think everybody thought he was offside. Yeah, it looked too good to be true. Like, there's no way they actually did that. But yeah, I don't think Liverpool is doing anything close to that tomorrow uh, on Wednesday. I think it's probably Madrid. What, I don't know. Maybe they actually like about, win the game, but what about, yeah, it's possible that they win like a two one or something, you know? Yeah, it like won't a be three, like a two, five. three one. Even a three one is not not enough. So yeah. What about uh, Man City and Leipzig? Do you think Leipzig? It, that's a one one. That that could go either it's way. That could go either way. I still think. Come on, we're talking about City here. I think. City I mean, they're playing should, at the Etihad. City, yeah. City should manage this. City have like a ninety percent chance to win this, but we've seen City kind of have those games where they can 
they completely do nothing. And but I feel like Leipzig is one of those teams that is like aggressive enough that it kind of just allows City to to play into their their style of play anyways. So I feel like even I feel like this could end up being a game that has a lot of goals, but I feel like that just favors City. So all Leipzig has to do really is like try to hit them on the counter and go from there. That's where if Leipzig scores go. first. That's a that's a huge deal. But that's I think a Man huge City, deal. I think Man City gets one early, and then Leipzig's kind of forced to kind of play, uh, play uh more vulnerable, and then yeah. it kind of just like the flood. Like take more terrible. take more risks. Yeah. But if they can stay, if they can stay defensive and compact and not concede in like the first half, I, I that'll be an interesting game. Yeah. So the second half is gonna be open season. Everything, anything can happen at that point. I'm not gonna be able to watch it. Unfortunately, I'm gonna be at the gonna be at the office at work. But maybe I'll try to follow it on my phone. I know there's gonna be at least one city fan in your office, and you're just gonna hear a scream, and you'll know. <laughs> we'll see. I hope it's a scream of uh, not of joy. Let me just say it that <laughs> way. Of joy. Oh, God, God damn. <laughs> I, I hope I hear those exact words. All right, oh. let's wrap it up. This is, yeah, episode 86 in the books. If you made it this far, we're surprised, but appreciative. Um, surprised. <laughs> surprised. Make sure you follow we us do, on the socials. Forward press pod or forward underscore pressing Instagram and Twitter. We will uh, have the TikTok up this. I have the TikTok app. I'm putting, I'm starting to go. I'm, we'll start uploading this week, this Friday. Yanis, Yanis is learning. Man's gonna be social media god. Just wait. Um, but yeah, really appreciate it. Hopefully, the next time we speak, we are able to talk about some nice Champions League matchups. Hopefully, some surprises. Hopefully, not a Liverpool or a Man City surprise. I mean, a Man City surprise would be great because I mean they lost. Hopefully we get to talk about that. Hopefully we get to talk about some more United wins. Hopefully we get to talk about some more Arsenal losses. Hey, yo. We'll see you next time. Peace. See you later. See you later. Peace.